Kurt Vonnegut, one of America's most acclaimed writers, created an alter ego in his novels named Kilgore Trout. Vonnegut used Trout as a comic version of himself, a writer with great ideas but no talent, who fails at everything he does in life. In Breakfast of Champions, Kurt Vonnegut decided that he'd had enough fun at Trout's expense. Vonnegut inserted himself as a character in his own novel so that he could meet Trout and make amends for making his life so miserable. It takes a while before Trout realizes that he's face to face with his creator, but once Vonnegut convinces him, he tells Trout that, like Aladdin's genie, he will grant him any wish to make up for his past mistreatment. Vonnegut offers Trout a number of things, including the Nobel Prize, but Trout, rejecting fame and wealth, tells his creator to make him young again. The recent Little League classic, played between the Pirates and the Cardinals at Williamsport, PA, where the Little League has its beginning and was holding its annual World Series, reminded me of Kilgore Trout. Responding to the criticism of being out of touch with America's youth, Major League Baseball decided it would become young again, at least for one game. It arranged for the Cardinals and the Pirates to play a Sunday night game, televised on ESPN, at the home field of the Williamsport Crosscutters, a minor league Class A franchise owned by the Philadelphia Phillies. Major League Baseball donated $4 million to spruce up the 3,000-seat ballpark, had the Cardinals and Pirates wear Little League-inspired jerseys with nicknames on the back, and arranged for the big and little leaguers to spend time together before the game. While I was watching the Little League Classic with my wife Anita, she asked me if the game took me back to my own youth when I watched my Pirates and dreamed of playing big league baseball. I told her it did, but there's no way that baseball today could afford to return to the days of my youth. When the Pirates played a Sunday doubleheader, my mother would pack a large bag with chipped ham sandwiches, cream-filled cupcakes, and bottles of soda pop for me. I'd leave the house and head up to the entrance of the bridge leading out to Force Field and hitchhike out to the ballpark. Once there, I'd pay a dollar to get into the left field bleachers, where I'd sit on a long, hard wooden bench, eat my sandwiches, drink my pop, and watch the Pirates play losing baseball. My food and drink and my butt would usually last one game, so before the start of the second game, I'd sneak past the usher, barring the entrance to the better seats. I'd spend most of the second game working my way down from the general mission seats to the reserve section until I finally ended up watching the last inning or two in the box seats just behind the Pirates' dugout. Once the games were over, fans were allowed to enter the playing surface as long as they didn't go onto the infield so I'd hustle over to the Pirates and visitors' dugouts to see if any baseballs had rolled under the benches, and if I was lucky, I found a ball or two, head out of the ballpark through an off-field exit, and hitchhike my way back home. The days of spending a dollar to see a big league game are long gone, along with Sunday doubleheaders, as well as free knothole games and ladies' days. I'm glad Major League Baseball held its Little League Classic to honor America's youth, but these days, it takes hundreds of dollars to take your family to the ballpark. After boring Anita with my life as a young baseball fan, I asked her if she'd like to return to her own youth, at least for one day. She thought about it and said that she'd like to go back to a holiday lunch with her mother in a downtown Pittsburgh restaurant called The Blue Room, where my mother also took me for a holiday treat. Anita can see her mother peering across the room, spotting a beady-eyed kid with a gravy stain on his jersey and warning her daughter, don't you ever end up with the likes of him. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.